Welcome to the future. San Dimas, California, 2688. And I'm telling you, it's great here. The air is clean, the water's clean. Even the dirt is clean. Bowling averages are way up, mini golf scores are way down. And we have more excellent water slides than any other planet we communicate with. I'm telling you, this place is great. But it almost wasn't. You see, 700 years ago, the two great ones ran into a few problems. So now I have to travel back in time to help them out. If I should fail to keep these two on the correct path, the basis of our society will be in danger. Don't worry, it'll all make sense. I'm a professional. I'm Bill S. Preston, Esquire. And I'm Ted Di Bill, here, you take it. Okay. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Big Kid Show, the notorious B.I.G. Kid Show. Excellent. This week, we're back in the treehouse. Maybe one of us is down in the sandbox. We'll consider letting him up here eventually. But let me up, guys. I am joined by my two besties. That's right. BFF's faux life, uh, Sweetwater Mark and Mr. B joining me once again, almost every week, as we do here on the Big Kids Show. And we hope that you will join us almost every week as well by subscribing to the Big Kids Show on your favorite podcast format. And if you really love the big kids or if you want to become a big kid too, go and leave us a positive five-star review on your favorite listening format like Ben did, where he says, I want to be a big kid too. Five stars. These guys are the best. They're laid back, self-effacing, knowledgeable, and funny. As a mid-40-year-old who grew up playing sports and listening to rock and roll, I feel like I'm listening to old friends in the sandbox and in the treehouse. Great work, guys. We say cheers to you, Ben. Thank you for the kind Shout words. Out. You are. Cheers. We are now. Cheers. Fall to one knee, Ben, as I pull out the sword and I knight you. Officially <laughs> a knight you, a big, big kid. kid. You're in. All right. This week, we have a most excellent adventure for all of you listeners out there. We are going to reminisce. And romanticize one of our favorite childhood movies, and that is Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yes. And for yeah. those that you that know, and for those of you that don't know, this is a most excellent adventure that took place with two of our favorite. You know what? I think we can knight them big kids as well. Uh, so, yeah, I saw, I saw Keanu uh, last week, and he, he's he's in. This was a a story about the two that would go on to be called the two great ones. This is William Bill S. Preston Esquire and Ted Theodore Logan, who make up the band, <laughs> the Wild Stallions. And Excellent. before they can set out to become the most popular band in the universe, they need to... Well, they need to complete high school, frankly. And, you got to pass uh, high school first. They're having some struggles with getting that high school diploma. And so they go to the San Dimas High School in California. And in 1988, they decide, well, it, it, they don't decide. It is decided for them that they will be using a phone booth 
to travel throughout time. And this is with the help of the late, great George Carlin, uh, who is from the year 2688. <laughs> so he travels back in time to collect the two great ones, Bill oh, S. Preston man. Esquire, Ted Theodore Logan, the Wild Stallions in 1988 and sends them on an adventure to collect historic figures throughout time. Now, some of these are great historic figures. Some of these are not so pleasant historic <laughs> figures, but they're all important nonetheless to the history of this big blue marble. And as they collect these historic figures, they are going to return them to San Dimas, California, 1988, and present them in the auditorium at their high school to the rest of the school and give everybody the most excellent history lesson that they've ever witnessed in the history of their life. So uh, it's a fantastic movie. If you haven't watched it, I don't know why you haven't, because I've seen it like a thousand times. Well, and Big yes. Nick, I, are you sure? I thought it was actually a documentary. I believe it is. <laughs> true it's historians. A, it's a true story. It's yeah, a tr and, and also, very weird final exam is to be in front of the whole class presenting your thing to pass, that's a very odd situation. The whole school. Yeah, the whole school. school. In an auditorium. And, and, and again, it wasn't every kid. It was just them. <laughs> One has to wonder how bad your grades have to be to be yeah. required to do What are such. they doing in San Dimas High School? Well, and here's the thing. The, the, this is weird because we didn't really – we didn't line this up on purpose. But as, as it so happens – this episode is dropping on the 35th year anniversary of the yes. release of that great movie. So this will come out the same week that Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure came out way back in 1989. Oh, Big Nick, that was completely on purpose. We planned that. For, uh, Nailed one, it. Yeah, for once in a long time, the Big Kid team research team actually nailed it. <laughs> now they're going to be guys. phoning it in for the next month, but hey. Exactly. So for those of you that have seen the movie, you know the historic figures that they collected. And for those of you that have not seen the movie in a while, you've probably forgotten one or two of them. They also managed to collect some pretty uh, righteous babes along the way to, to <laughs> finally get girlfriends as well. Uh, keep in mind, this is a movie from the 80s. It's like a requirement that every... Every loser, dumb-witted high schooler guy figures out how to get finally get a girlfriend uh, by the end of the movie. So Bill and Ted <laughs> will complete that journey as well. But uh, we're not going to name the historic figures before we start because it, we want you to remember if you've forgotten them. We want you to remember them as we unveil them. Now we did mm. our vector voting scale that we is it vector vote nobody knows what it is <laughs> it's science <laughs> yeah I so we did the vector voting scale which means that we all placed votes on these individuals and then we tallied them up and punched in our ballots and do, 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 into the big kid do, 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 do. machine. <laughs> <laughs> a very expensive machine. Very, it's a very yes. I you, mean, you can't you can't even buy it anymore. Sold out on Amazon. Yeah. Um, don't don't even try to look it up. And <laughs> out comes the numbers here, and we have them ranked for you today. And we are going to count them down. There were eight historical figures that were collected by Bill and Ted throughout the movie, and each one of them presented at the 
history lesson at the uh, the seminar, if you will, at the TED Talk. This was the first TED Talk, ladies and gentlemen. Whoa, it Nailed was. It. Yeah. Nailed it. So the first TED Talk ever takes place in 1989 in San Dimas, California. And here we go. Let's start with number eight. So I, I want to point out to our beautiful <laughs> listeners that the most points available for one historical figure to collect, should they should they get the most amount of points, would be 24 points. Okay. Yeah. The least amount of points that a historical figure could collect would be three. Now, I'll start off by saying that none of the historical figures received the highest amount possible, 24, and none received the lowest amount either of three. All right. So we weren't all on the same page. We're a little little skewed. Yeah. So the final tally, using the final tally, let's start with number eight and count it down. And number eight on the big kid list rank them, coming in with five points is a one- Sigmund Freud. Sigmund Freud. <laughs> Sigmund Freud, or as he says in the movie, Siggy. Siggy. <laughs> Getting so, Siggy with it. So, yeah, so I think I had Siggy voted kind of low myself. And yeah. it really ties to the scene when they're in the mall and Billy the Kid and Socrates. <laughs> So great. <laughs> they were they were trying to uh, talk to some ladies in the mall, and Sigmund oh, Freud just bogarted that situation. Hi, I'm Billy. This here is Socrates. Socrates. We're from history. <laughs> oh my God. Uh-huh. Hello, I'm Dr. Freud. What you may call me, Siki. Oh my God. <laughs> All seem to be suffering from a mild form of hysteria. Oh, God. You are such a key. Way to go, Egghead. <laughs> but uh, Sigmund Freud, the founder of psychoanalysis, and also a dude that was into cocaine and mother issues. Yes. Uh, yeah. Which usually go hand in hand. Yeah. I mean, so, why yeah, wouldn't he, they? Yeah. He was a interesting fellow. If you really guys want to do some research, but pretty much just did a lot of cocaine there at the end, and <laughs> and, and not really known for much else. But uh, apparently, I, I didn't know this, but smoked a lot of cigarettes so. and cigars. Yeah, he. I didn't know he's a smoker. Yeah, I think that's why. I think that's why he died. Actually, even uh, after having multiple surgeries, it was just like kept smoking and alter- I think true. he even died uh, ultimately, like of a medical assisted suicide he had his buddy Ooh. basically give him a bunch of shots of morphine or something and he ultimately huh yeah because he he ended up with cancer right uh from heavy smoking like um some kind of growth in his mouth and yeah. uh you, look it's no secret if if you've not been aware of this yet listeners that cocaine and cigarettes are bad for you uh, <laughs> what Breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> Nick, way to hit everyone with some knowledge. That's right. Uh, turns out cocaine and cigarettes, bad. Uh, but new study suggests. Here is, here is um, some information in support of cocaine and cigarette use. That is that he lived to be 83. 83 years old. That's a, that's a pretty good run for that. Listen to this, though. I had no clue on this. His his birth name? Did you guys see this? Sigamus no. 
wait, I'm going to see if I can say this right. Sigismund. That's his first man. And I'm Sigismund. Sigismund. <laughs> which is not right. I'm not saying that right at all. His middle name, Shlomo. <laughs> his middle name is Shlomo. Last oh, one. Listen, you Shlomo. <laughs> I, I think Shlomo, isn't that like like something you say to somebody you don't like? Like, hey, listen say, here, Shlomo. Yeah, I think so. Get out of the way, Shlomo. <laughs> Turns <laughs> out. Mark says that people on the freeway all the time. All the time. <laughs> could, could be a compliment if you look at it in, uh, in the fact that it came from such a... a a well-known and historic figure, somebody that's been studied throughout time. So he comes in last at with five points, and that's only two points above uh, the, what the least amount of points could be. Now, I, I will say this. I have a general fondness for all eight characters on our list. Agreed. So even though they came in last, I, I wouldn't read too much into that, but... I would like to point out something. So this week with this task, I've been the supervisor and overseer of the research team. And I did notice something when reviewing all of our big kid ballots. Okay. So the way that you are to spell Sigmund Freud, uh, we all spelled Freud correctly. Sigmund is spelled S I G M U N D. Now, um, Sigmund. I'm here to say that Mark spelled Sigmund Freud correctly. So, Mark, you Thank get a you. gold star for the day, yes. buddy. Um, Mr. B had like a variation of that spelling, which was. <laughs> it was autocorrect, bro. S- autocorrect did it in. Blame it. You know what? The two wisest men I ever met told me, blame it on the rain, buddy. Right. Blame it on the rain. The rain. Yeah, I don't got I don't have time for spell checking. I'm yeah. a busy man. And those two guys never lied about anything. No, <laughs> never. Never. So uh Mr. B chose to spell Sig- Sigmund Freud S I G M O N D. So a little off there, buddy. Just a little thing. off. Now, uh just to be completely transparent for you, <laughs> Big Nick had the most interesting spelling of Sigmund. Here it comes. S I G M U E N D. So I added an, extra, <laughs> added an extra letter. And you know what? Here's here's the way Big Nick works. When you're typing things in, you could say autocorrect, bro. You could say <laughs> mine. Mine got the red underline, and I just kept on going, just kept on marching. I was like, you know what? That's how I'm spelling it. That's yep. how I thought it was spelled. This is how Nick we're been going. hitting it tequila. All right. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, that will bring us to number eight with Sigmund Freud uh, with one of three big kids aware of how to spell his name. That, that great historic <laughs> historical figure. All right. That leads us to number seven on our list, coming in with a hot eight points. Ooh. Is a one Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> yes, Abraham, Abraham Lincoln. And as as most of the big kids out there will know, he was a president of the United States, a rather tall gentleman known for wrestling and also being assassinated at the theater. Uh, he was picked up by Bill and Ted, and he was our 16th president. And at one time... We're talking rank them here. And one for for most of my young life, Abraham Lincoln ranked as my number one favorite president. Um, mm-hmm. And but not <laughs> but not your favorite uh, 
a guy from Bill and Ted's. No, no, because nope. you know we're talking there. There were much more interesting characters. Yes, there and, were, and we should probably cl- clue people in here a little bit. There's all kinds of different things and factors and ramifications that could go into the voting process here, but what we really heavily leaned on was their portrayal in the movie itself, the characters, their presentation at the end at the uh, first ever Ted talk. And so um, I found Abraham Lincoln to be enjoyable, but I also thought that, you know, he's kind of, he was a me, he was a shme. Now, (laughs) shlomo, shlomo. He was a bit of a shlomo. Um, now, let, let me tell you a little something from Big Nick's past. This was a moment that I was incredibly proud of. Okay. In the fifth grade, we had to pick a historical figure and not only write a report about the figure, uh, but also deliver the report, stand up in front of the class, much like Bill and Ted had to do, right? And, uh, and tell the whole class about this historical figure. I chose Abraham Lincoln. As said, in my childhood, he was my my favorite president, numero uno. And so for extra points or hoping to receive extra points from the teacher and to get it, you know, to to get some excitement and arouse out of my classmates, I decided to dress the part. So not only did I deliver showmanship. That's right. Not only did I deliver a TED talk about Abraham Lincoln, I also dressed as Abraham Lincoln. Be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes. With the fake beard on the bottom, with wearing a suit. Now, I didn't do the bow tie because I had no bow tie. So I, I wore like a regular tie and I even wore a, a, like a, like a plastic top hat, you know, like the nice. like the, the kind of black plastic hat you'd like get for New Year's Eve or something of that yeah. nature. So Classic. I wore that. I delivered the best Abraham Lincoln speech <laughs> and talk you had ever seen um, rivals some of Abraham Lincoln's speeches himself. <laughs> And at the end, as all of my little classmates applauded with their tiny little hands, I then took a bow, removing the plastic black cap at the same time. And when I bowed, I revealed to all of my classmates a bandage on the back of my head, a large (laughs) bandage on the back of my head that I hid underneath the hat. No (laughs) slow-mo. The teacher thought it was so distasteful. That he knocked me down a letter grade for that. <laughs> wow. I would have given you an A plus, buddy. Dude, I thought that was like a Bravery. home run. I thought like there's no way the teacher's not going to love this. Like this is a subtle. I'm not even going to point it out. I'm going to take the bow yeah, and then it's going to He, gonna he got it. shot. Like let's not ignore that. Like It's, it's part of the story, bro. Right? Part, part of, of the story. Mm, shame. That's All right. Big Big Nick barely passed fifth grade. <laughs> All right. Abraham Lincoln comes in at number seven with eight points. That leaves six historical figures left. Uh, And our next one coming in with a uh, cool 12 points is a one Ludwig van Beethoven. Oh, you mean beef oven? Beef oven. Yeah. So beef oven. I, I I probably had him ranked in the middle there, so you guys might have had him a little lower. But yeah, Beethoven, 
jammed out at the yes. music store in the yes, mall. Remember, did. he was just shredding. Everyone was around him. He was just rocking and rolling. Straight. Here, here's my notes. I put straight pimp on the piano. <laughs> straight pimping. That was a synthesizer. Yeah, he, he had multiple to go, and he was just rocking and rolling all 80s style. But so everyone knows Beethoven eventually ended up being deaf. Um, I had to go back and look. I went, so he actually started to have hearing issues at like 28. Oh, so that's later than I thought. Okay. Yeah, I, I thought it was earlier too. I had to go back and look. So he started to have issues at 28. He was totally deaf by age 44, 45. Wow. Um, and then he ultimately died at age 56. But uh, apparently, again, one of the most admired composers of all time. I mean, yeah. just mu- musically a genius. But because I guess his family struggled with money, like he quit school like really early, like 10 or 12. So he was like terrible at math. Mm. And, and ultimately, I think that led to like he was terrible with money because mm. he didn't even understand like math and finances and all that stuff. Yeah. Because you would think, I mean, for how popular it was at the time, he would have been like a wealthy almost like celebrity type, but you would think so. Yeah. I don't think that was the case. I think he probably died with no money at all, but well, um, the, Brian, these labels have been screwing these artists in the music industry since well into the bastards. 18th century. <laughs> I mean, it's been going on forever. We, yeah. we know there's no money in music. And it's also another little fun fact is no one's actually really sure his birth date. Right. I mean, they right. have a, they have, the, they know the date he was baptized. And I think it's like a window of a few days, but no one's actually very sure on his exact birth date. Again, being the record keeping they did in 1770 was probably not, it, yeah. it probably wasn't on a computer. So he, he could have actually been older than 56 when he died because well, I, I think they still, they narrowed it down to within a few days. Okay. So it's not like it's a year off, but it's just kind of interesting. The most fam- one of the most famous mu- musicians, and they're like, "Yeah, we don't know when he was really born." But mm, that is interesting. But again, I, I just I love the scene when he's in the mall, just he's shredding on these keyboards, and eventually the police show up and have to wrangle him in because he's he's causing a scene, <laughs> causing he's causing a little panic. He caused that jazzercise class to go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and the mall scene is one of my favorite scenes of the oh, entire movie. Oh, for sure. By far. It's like, actually, if you guys are really bored, Google Bill and Ted's mall scene. It's like three minutes, and it shows all of these characters just running amok in the mall, and it's awesome. Having a blast. Love it. Can I make a confession here, boys? Yes. Uh-oh. Everybody loves the confessional here at the Big Kids Show. Uh, for, for the entirety of my life until this week, when I had to supervise... A research team in this effort to do the Bill and Ted's Rankum. Dudes, I always thought that this guy's name was Ludwig Vaughn Beethoven, not Van. <laughs> I always thought it was Vaughn. Like there's there's a lot of Vaughns, right? It's classier to say even but, but, say it. But Vaughn. see, it wasn't I thought it was pronounced Vaughn. Maybe it is pronounced Vaughn, and that's why, but I see it and I see V A N. And by the way, I have another show that's dedicated seven years of banning the van. So, Ludwig, St. <laughs> Van Morrison. my friend. We are banning your van, and you are Ludwig Vaughn. St. Right? Van Morrison. <laughs> 
Yeah, I had. So in fairness, boys, I those three that we've read off were my bottom three. Not necessarily in that order, but I had Freud last, Beethoven second to last, and Lincoln third to last. And again, it's I went more with the movie, so it's nothing against those three characters in particular. But uh, yeah, I'm not surprised they ended up where they did. All right. Beef oven. Beef oven. All right. Here we go, boys. Coming in at number five, inching out beef oven by one single point. So 13 points total for this character is a one William, a.k.a. Billy the Kid. Billy the Kid. I like it. William or uh, Henry McCarty. Should we say, yes, or should we call him William H. Bonney? Yeah, as as Who I knows? believe, Young Guns Two tried to tell us that William H. Bonney was still alive many many decades later. That's right, it did. And that movie was also a documentary. Yes, yes everything was factual, hundred percent factual. Arkansas Actually, Dave Rudabaugh. I need to go back and rewatch that movie because I loved the Young Guns movies, man. Oh, yeah. Those were some of my favorites. But uh, yeah, he was an outlaw. He was a gunfighter. He was in the old west. He killed 21 guys, at least, that we know of. Confirmed before, kills. Before the age of 21. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, you're doing some killing, you know? Because it's not like you're starting at age five, right? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> well, may, maybe he did. You so his, his trouble started, I think he was like 14 or 15. He started robbing, you know, little things here and there. Um, but he's also known for involvement with the New Mexico's Lincoln County War, um, where he allegedly committed a couple murders. As a part of that, he's also known um, historically for picking up chicks in the food court of the mall with Socrates before <laughs> yes. Freud came and cock blocked both of them. Yeah, that guy just got <laughs> Freud just screwed him over. You could tell that uh, Socrates, Socrates, <laughs> and then he's like, "You're a geek." <laughs> I called him an egghead. It's like, oh my god! And he also helped. Let's not forget. When he was uh, when he was part of the take, I mean, the reason he was taken, he helped Bill and Ted cheat at poker, mm-hmm. and that's what led to the table flipping, the all-out bar brawl, and then the dash, the mad dash for the uh, the telephone booth. Here's the deal: Would I win? I keep. Would you win? I keep. Sounds good, Mister the Kid. Plus, he also he he uh, he lassoed uh, Sigmund Freud in the That's movie. That's right. That's he gave right. Him the, he gave him the old one-two lasso and said, yep. "Yoink, yoop!" Right into the portal you go. So, dude, Billy the Kid, he, he just like charisma. You could tell, especially like I love the scene in the bar where he fires his gun and it's just the camera angle of his hip from behind him, and he's like spinning the gun before he holsters it. Mm-hmm. You're like, "Oh, this dude's a badass. Who is it going to be?" And uh, I, I love, I'm a sucker for Wild West stuff, so I'm probably a little biased. I actually had him as my number two, so oh. I probably drove him way up the charts. You had him the rank the highest, yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, I, I kind of had a feeling. But uh, but yeah, Billy the Kid, he was he was something else, man. That's for sure. There's a, Speaking of which, there is a really good documentary on uh, Amazon Prime about Billy the Kid that I just watched recently. Yeah, it's called young, it's called Young Guns Two. Exactly. Yeah, just go watch <laughs> Fantastic. it. Fantastic. <laughs> and if you want, hundred percent accurate. And the pre the prequel is great too. Young played Guns. by yeah. actually Billy the Kid, who just happens to look a lot like Emilio Estevez. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and <laughs> that's it. 
That's the thing in all the movies, right? <laughs> Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Young Guns, and several other movies. Billy the Kid's always kind of a not-so-bad-looking dude. But you see a picture of Henry yeah, McCarty. He, he looks was, like a deranged serial killer, doesn't he? Well, I think the reality is he probably was a serial killer. He had yeah. 21 murders before he was 21. Like, yeah. were all those justified kills? Like, I think they romanticized him a little bit. Oh, you know of course. I mean? He probably was just like a sketchy young kid that was killing people for uh, a nickel. Yeah. No bueno. No bueno. I'll make you famous. I'll make you famous. <laughs> Nailed it. I- All right, so a quick recap here, boys, five through eight. Billy the Kid at five, Beethoven at six, Abraham Lincoln at seven, Sigmund Freud at number eight. That brings us to number four. The top half of our rankum here today is a one Napoleon Bonaparte. Napoleon Dynamite. (laughs) Or, in the words of Ted, a short Dead dude. <laughs> dead dude. <laughs> Nailed it. That's exactly how you describe him. The problem is I, I did that in college and I got an F on my paper. Exactly. Who well, was Napoleon? We, short dead dude? Short dead dude. That's the way, that's like literally how the teacher in the movie even says it. Short dead dude. I mean, if we look historically at Napoleon, and again, another really good documentary called Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should watch it sometime. Um Fell into a hole with Bill and Ted as they left Austria in 1805. That's been historically verified. Yep. Um, many, many of uh, historians have, have verified that fact. Academia. Um, he also uh, cheats at bowling. He goes a little far over the line and he yells, shit, 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 shit. <laughs> as soon as he lets go of the bowling ball. Uh, he does not like you to pick up the bowling ball at the same time as him. He will scold you for that. Yep. If you happen to be there. Um, and then sometimes he gets left behind at bowling and gets tossed out of the bowling alley altogether. Again, these are all historical facts. These cannot and also, be Mark, argued. don't leave out, he loves ice cream. Ziggy Piggy. Ziggy, yeah. Ziggy, 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 Ziggy. He ate the pig, thus proving that he's they Ziggy Piggy, Ziggy Piggy, Ziggy Piggy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you, and you know he's kind of a tool when uh, Bill and Ted's younger brother ditches him at the mall. That's how much of a tool he is. Exactly. I mean, the dude did a spoon block for the last bite of the ice cream. <laughs> I remember that. Like, and the guy didn't speak any English. So he's in the movie and doesn't speak a, a lick of English. But the looks, the daggers that he throws at people in the movie. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, he was born in 1769, August 15th. Lived till 1821, May 5th. Um, he's later known as Napoleon the First. Kind of a come from nothing story. Like he was not, didn't come from like a royal family and basically just worked his way up. I mean, he became a French emperor, military commander. Um, definitely a little shady in some of his dealings to be able to rise to the prominence that he did um, in the French Revolution and some of those campaigns. But, um, but yeah, he was my number one, boys. He was my number one. And you guys all let Napoleon down. So he's going to be throwing daggers at you two now. So why was he your number one? He was the biggest dick in the movie. I know, but it was hilarious with the the ice cream and the way he shot daggers at people made me laugh out loud and still makes me laugh out loud. And I don't think they could have cast anybody 
better for that role. I don't know if that dude ever was in another movie the rest of his life. I don't I even know. He, I, I think he was nominated for an Oscar, but he didn't win. It was close. Yeah, he should have. Yeah. I mean, let's just let's just say it. But uh, no, he's just he was a hilarious character and a hilarious <laughs> take on a guy that. I just I feel like the guy played him so well, and the fact that it was a comedy, he was as serious as could possibly be. <laughs> it was absolutely freaking hilarious. Like that's what I loved about him. I, I love that that part of him. Um, so yeah, I mean, to me, it definitely it looks like Terry Camilleri was the guy that that played him. Um, Should have won an Oscar. Everybody yeah. knows it. Nobody wants to say. Yeah. You're on the big kid show. You're hearing it. He got robbed. Mark um, loves short dead dudes. That's right. Well, and don't forget, you know, when he when he went off, when he went rogue from Bill and Ted and the other historical figures, they figured out rather quickly that they would find him at the water park, better known as <laughs> Waterloo, which is also a famous battle. It's actually Napoleon's, I believe it's his last battle when Napoleon was defeated yeah. by uh, two armies that joined forces uh, to defeat the uh, de- defeat the French and H- hence why this is a true story. Yeah, exactly. and the the famous battle of Waterloo took place in 1815. And don't forget, big kid listeners, it's also a brilliant song by ABBA, released in 1974. <laughs> and let's just say that the war footage that was shown is real footage. They mm-hmm. that was captured directly on the battlefield. Yeah. Yes. Well, let's not forget. So yeah. <laughs> there was a rare ABBA shout out on the uh, <laughs> you, don't get many don't, of those. You, you don't get a lot of those. Hang on to that one. That's, that's yeah. Napoleon that in coming in with 15 points at number four. That's going to lead into number three, of course, and that is a one Genghis Khan with 17 <sighs> points at number three. Genghis Khan. And if anyone wants to go back and look. Episode 100, this is the episode that Mark wants to punch this guy in the face. Ooh, <laughs> not smart. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think he's deceased, so Mark, you're probably safe. But I think so. In the afterlife, so, it's going to get a little rough. I think I had Genghis Khan. He might have been my number one. Um, but it was because of you the, did. You had a, the you badass had a sporting goods scene. Like he's at the <laughs> yes. he's at the sporting goods store, <laughs> and he's like looking around. And he sees this metal baseball bat. And he's like, ooh. And he's checking it. He even bites on it. And he's like, ooh, that's hard too. <laughs> ooh. And he starts beating the crap out of this mannequin. He knocks its head off, and it goes into the basketball hoop. That's a three pointer. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then even be more badass, you see him he th- has football pads on and he hops on a skateboard. <laughs> so again, this is accurate science. This stuff happened in history. Genghis Khan on a skateboard with football pads and a baseball bat, terrorizing them all. You don't want a piece of that. Absolutely. You do not want a piece of that. I need some help. I got a live one. Dude, here. I mean that that scene is has to be one of the most iconic, I think, in the whole <laughs> yeah. movie. Like honestly. I, it, I mean that one. Uh, Genghis Khan was was tough for me to put him where I did on my list, but he was a fantastic character, and again, very well portrayed. Yes. No. Are we saying Genghis Khan was a great dude? No. no. I want to say- punch him in the face. Yeah, Mark wants to punch him in the face. See previous episode, but in the movie, he was more, much more. He was a little more comical. You know, and hey, a little bit more charming in the movie. Yeah, don't give him a Easton baseball bat because he will jack up your whole town. 
Yeah, he will wreck your face. Now, uh, he's also um, the founder of BD Mongolian Grill. Yes. Yes. I mean, because also, like, when you have a dynasty, you got to make some money, so you start a restaurant. That's and right. If you remember, Nick, we I brought up BDs before in the past <laughs> on this episode or on this podcast because BDs was delicious. I don't they the one by us closed, so I don't know if they're still in business, but I loved that place. And just Fantastic. a reminder: Mark can close down restaurants if he wants to. He will shut them down. Yeah. Listen to our last episode. That's right. Now, here's the thing, boys. Okay, so. This leads us back to something we discussed earlier. When compiling the votes in the ballots, I did notice some interesting spellings of Mr. (laughs) Genghis Khan's name. Um, So we're going to start with Mr. B here, who did, in fact, get it right. Yes. Did you did you Google this? Did you know correct again? It autocorrected. In the right way. Okay, so Mr. B has G E N G H I S. Okay, so he got that right. Now we all got the uh, con part right. K H A N. And Mark chose to go with a different spelling for, he went with a Kingus con. Um, it, with a, <laughs> with a K E N G H I, how is that a typo? The K is like three letters to the right of the G on your keyboard. <laughs> nice try, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. I, my brain, uh, just farted it, it, right onto your phone. Got so, one of yeah. those gassy brains. It was yeah. gassy. It was gassy that day. Are you guys ready for the big Nick spelling? Oh, I'm sure this was real special. Yeah. This is, this is. A little a variation, of course. It's G. I got the G part right. Uh, H went with an H there. Threw it. Threw it. Gangus. Gangus. Yeah, that's how. That's that's actually how I say it. I've said it that way my whole life. So I. Gangus. I, 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 I spelled it the way I. You're say like you're it. breathing all over me when you say it, man. I went with a G H A G H A N G I S. So that that's there you go, man. I mean that's. Not I'm trying, it, guys. I'm trying, I swear. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. All right. 17 points for Mr. Khan. Um coming Khan in at number three. And that's going to lead us to number two, Ooh. who is an individual that Mark and I, if for the longtime listeners, know that Mark and I have spoke very highly of this individual at length on your favorite show, The Big Kid Show. This is a one Joan of Arc. Yes. 18 very points. Glowingly. Simply inching. So it's a pretty tight race once you get into the six through one spot, right? Uh, Joan of Arc with 18 points. Genghis Khan at 17 points. Ooh, so close. Um, Yeah, Joan of Arc, again, according to Ted, because we have to go by what Ted says, um, Noah's wife? Is that who she was? Because yeah, Noah had the Ark. Exactly, exactly. Which Joan different of spelling, Ark different spelling, was obviously but yeah. in. Um, <laughs> little known fact. Little known fact. And um, she was picked up in Orleans, France in 1429 by uh, our esteemed Bill and Ted colleagues. And it's kind of crazy because she, she goes, she gets down on one knee. Um, you can tell she's almost like at the altar, re- you know, ready to profess her blessings. And then all of a sudden... 
Her dreams come true and the telephone booth appears and Ted comes out with an extended hand, helps her up off the ground and into the, the telephone booth she went. And hey, it's just recorded history from there, folks. That's well, all it is. Keep in mind, she's already communicating with God at this point in her life. And when she sees the telephone booth and the, the gentleman step out of it and the lightning yep. and electricity that is surging around the telephone booth, she probably... At first thought, instincts kick in and go, holy shit, this is God. This is it. This is it. I don't God. know why it's a telephone booth, but God hey. To, God you don't ask God booths. questions, Mark. Yeah. Exactly. You just get in the booth. That's right. God but, asks but, you the questions. The one fact to not forget, she is the greatest exercise instructor yes. we've ever seen. Yep. She kicked ass at Jazzercise. She makes ain't, ain't, Fonda she, ain't got nothing on no, her. No, she, make, she makes a Tybo Billy Blanks look like a Nancy. <laughs> Tybo's silly banks Who was Joan of Arc? Noah's wife <laughs> She uh, she took over the class And now she did end up getting arrested So I, I don't know if God warned her about that part that was coming But um, she She was a cr- I mean the, the story of this at least from the research that I've done and the research that the team has done and, and bestowed upon me. Um, in 1428, she was requested to be taken to Charles, so Charles VII of France, who at that point was not the king. Um, told him she was guided by visions, as Nick said, from the archangel Michael, St. Margaret, and St. Catherine to help him save France from English domination. I think St. isn't. Archangel Michael, the the uh, angel of battle. I I believe so. Just going off the top of my head here. I believe so. Um, so Charles sent Joan, who was about seventeen years old at the at the time, to the siege of Orleans as a part of a relief army to help out forces that were already there. Um, she arrived in April of fourteen twenty nine. She wielded the banner. She brought hope to demoralized French army. And nine days after her arrival, the English abandoned the siege. Then she encouraged the French to aggressively pursue the English during the Laura campaign, which culminated in another decisive victory at Pate, opening the way for the French army to advance on Reims unopposed, where Charles was then crowned as king of France. Now, she didn't live that long, unfortunately. No. Um, She was born in 1412, died in 1431. So it was a... It was a short life. 19 years, we believe. Now, there's a little wiggle room, we think, on that, but it would only be maybe days, weeks, or months. But she, unfortunately, out of the eight historical figures we're discussing today, passed away at the youngest of of ages. And maybe- Remember, remember Big Nick wants to have lunch with Joan of Arc. I do. That's right. Yeah. I still want to have that lunch. Noah's wife? (laughs) (laughs) Noah's going to be upset. Noah's not going to be happy. Yeah, because Big Nick will be making googly eyes with her and all kinds of stuff. And that's right. But uh, yeah, no, she was she was impressive, impressive uh, lady. That's for sure, young lady. So caps caps are tipped to uh, one Joan of Arc. Cheers to Joan of Arc. And for those of you wondering, like, I know you're like, oh, she, uh, they defeat, you know, the English, she sent the English running, fleeing, and are, are in that our allies. Well, don't have, no, don't you have any sympathy for those English? <laughs> Remember, no, France no, no. was our, is our, is our longest of allies, right? 
we go back with the French before we were even a country. So you always side on the side. When it comes to an English-French skirmish, I always side with the French because they're our longest of allies and they make some damn good fries and toast. And toast. And toast. Yes. And them bitches know how to kiss. (laughs) (laughs) Nailed it. All right. Noah's wife. For those of you that have seen the movie and remember the movie and remember all the historical (laughs) figures, you know exactly who is coming in at number one Ah. with 20 points, only inching out Joan of Arc with by two points. So coming in with a total Score of 20 points. We have a one Socrates. 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 (laughs) (laughs) My favorite name ever. Socrates. I love it. Socrates. Hey, we know that name. Yeah. Hey, look him up. Oh, it's under Socrates. Oh, yeah. Socrates. The only true wisdom consists in knowing that you know nothing. That's us, dude. Oh, yeah. Let's bag him. Yeah. So, boys, for the longest time when this movie came out, I was way too young to understand why the Socrates part was funny. Right? And then, like... I aged, I don't know, five, six years before I watched this movie for the second time. And that was the funniest part of the movie to me. I'm like, my God, they're called him Socrates, which is funny (laughs) because of the spelling. Yeah. And clearly not how you say his name. But um, for those of you who have never read a book, uh, Socrates (laughs) is a great philosopher uh, from... A long time ago, 399 BC uh, from Athens. And that's not uh, Georgia, as I understand it. But um, Athens, Ohio. And let's Athens, not forget, Big Also, <laughs> as previously mentioned, a fantastic wingman to Billy the Kid. Oh, he he is the wingman. That's who I you mean, want he, to bring. He came in ready to roll. Yeah. Until Freud, egghead. Oh, Siggy. Siggy. And so he was a Greek philosopher, uh, lived to the, uh, died in 399 BC. And what, here's, here's, I w- forced suicide by poisoning is the way that they say that this yeah. man died. Uh, what is, what is forced suicide? But like, what is a forced suicide? So Can someone, a definition of someone that? Told, made him eat poison. Yeah, but that's murder in my mind, right? We they needed a better judicial system back in 399 BC. Well, that's, they, that's homicide, son. Suicide. It's a suicide. Actually, you know suicide. What, what we need to do is we need to get True Crime Garage on the case to solve the murder of Socrates. So you know what? Well, it's but according to Wikipedia, it's not a murder. It's a or a homicide. It's a forced suicide. So. I wonder, is it by poisoning? So is this like mm. a uh, princess bride situation? Like I, oh, I switched yeah. your wine. I, I poisoned your wine. Um, here's another thing that I that I take umbrage with. Okay. Ooh, nice word. They believe he lived to the ripe old age of seventy one. People didn't live to seventy one in three ninety nine BC, did they? No, no, that's and and that's where you wonder of like. Because was he like quasi royalty? Like so, you know, he yeah. didn't. He wasn't. He wasn't out working and like breaking his back. He was probably, you know, living in a mansion and or 
you know, a kept home, if you want to call it yeah, that. Yeah, a kept home. Like that. Well, it is so I wonder too, like, is this a situation where they're like, my God, is he ever gonna die? Like, let's we we're gonna have to we have to <laughs> force him to for die here. Seventy one years old. Yeah, I saw some twenty year olds that look older than you. <laughs> and because it was so so very long ago, like okay, I mean they talk about some things that he did, but like he there's actually no uh written work that I'm aware of that he has done. Like every one of his like accomplishments, his philosophies, his moral philosophies, his ethical philosophies, and all this jazz that he was doing back then. Uh, a lot of that, from my understanding, was passed down from other individuals and not necessarily coming from direct text from him. So, um, you, you wasn't get, he, he was a student of uh, Plato, wasn't it? I believe so. Well, we all are, aren't we? Um, <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, but no, he was my favorite character in the movie because of of the actor and the delivery and like, and he barely speaks, right? Because he he, yeah. he can't communicate real well, but he does a great job doing it with his hands. And uh, I just, I don't know. The, the thing that the Socrates joke <laughs> cracked me up so much when I got old enough to understand the joke. And of course his outfit is so absurd throughout the entire movie as well. Uh, but you know, so a quick rundown of our one through eight boys, Socrates, AKA Socrates, Socrates, Socrates. Socrates. Joan of Arc, Genghis Khan, Napoleon, Billy, the kid, Beethoven, Abraham Lincoln, Sigmund Freud uh, is your one through eight. And it, look, on the 35th anniversary of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, if you've not seen this movie, figure out a way to see it. Uh, Watch it. It is a gem. And again, a, a shout out to the late, great George Carlin, one of my favorite stand-up mm -hmm. comedians of all time. I fell in love with him when I was 16, 17 years old and never looked back. Uh, he's, he's a phenomenal, brilliant stand-up comedian, and he plays Rufus. Um, and we, given <laughs> here's the thing, his outfit compared to Bill and Ted's, if Joan of Arc was to, to think anyone in that outfit was God, it would be Rufus. Correct. Rufus. Yeah. We're the representative of, of such. So, well, big Nick, I just, I want to give a quick shout out to our number one Socrates with, uh, another great philosopher of our time. Again, historically documented, which was Ted and, that is, all we are is dust in the wind, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. I don't know. Philosophize with him. <laughs> Qu question, though. So since it's the 35th anniversary, who was your favorite out of Bill and Ted? Oh, Putting you, Putting, you Putting you on the spot. Putting you on the spot. Putting you on the spot. Too difficult. Oh, I think I got to go. Oh, I don't know, man. Yeah. What do you do? That. What do you do? Yikes. I. Okay. So hot quiz, I. Hot shot. I. 
I appreciated the way that they dressed. I remember seeing the movie at a very young age, and I'm like, yes, that's from now on how I'm going to start wearing my clothes. <laughs> and Big Nick's been doing it ever since. Doing it ever <laughs> right? since. Uh, who would have thought that Keanu Reeves would have went to, on to such a big career? <laughs> no. I mean, who, whoever was his agent's like, oh, I picked the wrong guy. I picked Bill. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Bill. Uh, if I had, you know, this is a gun to my head situation, right? Like yes. I don't want to choose. I love them both, but I will go with Bill because he appears to be more of the leader of the yeah. the two doofuses. Well played. Yeah, I, I think the same. I mean, Bill, <laughs> Bill was kind of like the smart one in my mind. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, 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 we're stretched. Yeah. It's, it's like, stretched. like like which is the smart one between Beavis and Butthead. Is yeah, what and Ted was like the cool one. You know what I mean? So it was like a. I think that's why that dynamic worked so well. Um, so I. I I think I'd probably go Bill too, even though like now I'm like Ted was pretty pretty funny. It's funny because I also resonated towards Bill. Yeah, yeah. I think Whoa. I'd go Bill. we got oh, Sorry, gotta, Keanu. I love Keanu Reeves. Well, of course we do. He's 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 a, he's a fan of the show. But we're waiting for him to, to return our call to come on the show with us here. So well, he's he's got he's got movies to make and stuff. He's busy. I know he's a busy guy. He's, he'll he'll make time for us at some point. He told me just gonna take some time. Just gotta be patient. Well, and I, but I do believe that my favorite line of all of the Bill and Ted franchise movies, because they, they went on to have what a total of three movies. Yes. Uh, I believe it comes from Ted when he looks over when, when the phone booth appears out of nowhere with the energy and the electricity surging around it in front of the, in the parking lot of the Circle K convenience store when mm -hmm. bill when 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 ted looks at bill i believe he's it's ted that says bill strange things are afoot <laughs> St that's strange things k. are afoot at the circle, the circle k. k yeah and that's my favorite line from all the movies so i gotta give a shout out to ted for that one Love but it. uh here's the other thing that i remember when i was a boy there was no circle k's in the state of ohio yeah. And as I got older, one day, Circle K appeared. Whoa. And it was, I was like, oh my God, mind blown. I like, I was like, finally, all since 1989, I've been waiting to visit a Circle K to have the same experience that Bill had and Ted had. <laughs> and it's finally going to happen. And and Nick spent like most of his time just hanging out by that hanging uh, out. phone booth. It's yep. <laughs> just sitting around, you know. Just I know they're coming. You never know when Rufus is going to show up. I know they'll be here. <laughs> that was a good ranking, boys. Real good. Real good. Real All right. good. Uh, and and to be honest with you, Rufus gets the would get the number one, but was not uh, not an option here for the big kids. Yes. Hey, speaking of big kids, let's speak to you, big kids out there in listener land. Thank you for joining us this week. Come back and join us again next weekend. Tell your big kid friends about our big kid show. Until then, we are the big kids. Socrates. Excellent. Whoa.